The Boise Dev Podcast goes Sun Valley with opportunities and challenges. It's a huge challenge, so I, I won't sugarcoat it. It's been a challenge for us as it has for every other employer around here. Single biggest challenge that we're facing, without question. Our in-depth conversation with Sun Valley Company VP and General Manager Pete Sontag looks at the big issues in Sun Valley and beyond. We explore how this major Idaho employer is navigating housing, employment, and more. Plus, a look at what's next for the development plan as we look at all the things happening in Sun Valley. And it happened in Sun Valley when you slipped and fell and so this is the Boise Dev Podcast. Here's your host, Don Day. Pete Sontag of Sun Valley Resort. Thanks for joining us on the Boise Dev Podcast. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. So you've been at this job for a little under a year? A little less than going? a year. Yeah. Good. It's a little less than a year. And some days it feels like five years and some days it feels like I just got here. But it's been a fantastic experience, and honestly, I, I couldn't be happier to be here. You join a long lineage of fairly well-known people. Tell me about some of the roles you've had that led up to your landing at Sun Valley. Yeah, it's been a, quite a ride, actually, and, and certainly not one that I mapped out. I've, I've, never, I've never been the person who kind of set my sights on a particular job or a particular goal. I've just always enjoyed working hard. I've like to lead, um, feel like I'm pretty good at some of those things uh, that go along with leadership and have kind of had one opportunity after another, you know, come to me without me necessarily looking for them. So um, I left, I grew up in upstate New York, left college after one year, moved out to Colorado and my brother was already living out there. So I had a kind of an in already. And I spent the next three years there um, in the Vail and Beaver Creek area. So Beaver Creek, my first job out there was as a uh, on the grounds crew at the golf course. And then I was working in a rental shop in Vail. And it was a great experience. So frontline, didn't have much money and uh, skied a lot. And I really, really enjoyed it, but also knew that I needed to get back to school. So I ended up moving back to New York and um, re-enrolled in college. And during that time, I had the opportunity to uh, try ski instructing at a, a very small local ski area called West Mountain. And that was really, that was pivotal for me. It, it changed a lot in my life because I found something that I really enjoyed, that I was pretty good at, even at a young age. And being able to share the sport that I loved with others and see them improve and see, you know, the joy that that gave them was really kind of intoxicating in a way for me. And I've, I just loved it. So after I got my degree, I kind of leveraged my connections that I had back in Colorado and decided to move back out there and teach skiing. And, and that was at Beaver Creek, great place for a ski instructor to work. There's a lot of work available. And honestly, for a period of time, I thought that was going to be my life. i I put my whole heart and soul into it and got a lot of satisfaction out of it. Had a, you know, very regular clientele that I worked with. Um, and over time, I've, I guess I felt like I was capable of doing more and wanted to push myself to do more. And ultimately during this time period, I've, I met my, my future wife, we got married and, 
And I said, you know what? Um, I'd like to try business school. And I took the GMAT, uh, did well enough that that seemed like a good avenue for me. And we actually packed up and moved to Vermont, where I attended the University of Vermont for two years, full-time in their MBA program. And really, so it took a, after many, many years in the, in the ski industry, I took a full break for two years. And it was really during that time that I realized how much I missed it and how much I wanted to be a part of that again. And as I, after I got my MBA, we packed up and moved back to Colorado. And that was where my journey in management started. And I got a job back at the Beaver Creek Ski School, but now as a supervisor. And really that led on this led me on this crazy journey uh, that I never could have anticipated where I went from being a supervisor to uh, kind of the manager of the adult school there. And then a couple of years after that, I had my chance to, to uh, become a ski school director at Copper Mountain and not something I was looking for. I got put in contact with, with them and they were looking for a ski school director. I really hit it off with the GM. We had a great interview process and he was somebody that I was excited to work with. And so I, I left and, and went over to Copper Mountain and uh, stayed there for two years. And then I got recruited back uh, into my former employer's company at, at Keystone. So I was ski school director at Keystone for two years over to Beaver Creek ski school director for two years <laughs> over to Vail ski school director for a year. You know, and these are all, it sounded crazy at the time, but each one of these was a, a larger school, more employees, more to manage, bigger P&L. And these were all things that I was like, yeah, I think I'm up for that challenge. And so I took them on and, and was able to navigate those, which ultimately led, you know, nothing I ever could have imagined, but the opportunity came up for me to become a general manager of a resort. And, uh, when that when that was presented, I figured, yeah, let me let me put my hat in the ring and and see what happens. And and so I was hired as the GM at Heavenly out in Lake Tahoe. Uh, that was in 2010. And, you know, it's you come from a I, I knew a lot about ski school and about our guests and about their experience, but I didn't have the experience in food and beverage um, I had a kind of basic working knowledge of mountain operations, you know, and now you're responsible for all the, all these yeah. things, marketing, PR, accounting. And I realized pretty quickly, I'm never going to be the expert in any of these areas. So I better have a good team around me. And I was blessed with a, a good team that I inherited. And, and that was something that I always tried to, to pay attention to from that point forward. So I ended up doing that for seven years and absolutely fantastic experience. Uh, Tahoe is an incredibly challenging place to manage a ski resort because of yeah. the, you know, really volatile weather. You know, you're either getting too much snow or not enough snow. Um, you know, you've got the impacts of a massive population base, not that far away. So it can get very busy on a moment's notice. And that was good for me, you know, good for me to kind of exercise a lot of range and, in um, you know, in my job as as the leader of the resort, um, ultimately that led to another opportunity to go to Whistler Blackcomb as the chief operating officer there. And as you know, Whistler Blackcomb is the largest, busiest ski resort in North America, and that was an opportunity that I was not going to turn down. 
And that was really, it was, you know, all these moves involved my family as well. And so, um, you know, I think among other things, I always want to give a shout out to my wife and to my kids for just sticking with me through this. And, and again, we didn't map it out this way, but it's just kind of happened. And, and so we dragged our family up to British Columbia and had two great years up there. Um, you know, really challenging in a lot of ways, but really fulfilling in a lot of other ways. And, and as somebody who's a real, uh, connoisseur of the of the sport and of the mountains uh i was in heaven up there it's really a very unique place and i really enjoyed it i ended up that led to an opportunity to take on a larger corporate role for me and i was very um i guess i was honored to be given that opportunity and so i took it and at the same time you know over the two years i was in that role it, it wasn't the right fit for me. And that's, you know, that was hard for me to admit that, you know, after being good at pretty much everything that had been presented to me, I was, I was in a role that maybe I wasn't quite as well suited to, and it didn't fuel my passion, didn't allow me to connect with my team the way that I love to do. And so that, that ended. And fortunately that ended at a time when Sun Valley was looking for a new leader as my predecessor, Tim Silva, had decided to retire and they were in a search process. And it was, you know, I, I don't know how the stars align sometimes, but they did in this case. And, you know, it was the perfect opportunity at the perfect time for me um, to really join a different company, just different structure, different way of approaching the work. And I, I needed that change. And I probably didn't even realize I needed the change until I got here. And so now that I'm here, I feel like, you know, I truly am grateful every day that I come into work for the people that I get to work with, the environment that I get to work with, the support that I get from my boss, from the holding family. It's it's amazing. This is a pretty extraordinary place. And, and so I've, I've just am genuinely grateful to be here. You kind of have a pedigree here, you know, when you said you, you started out in New York, I was like, well, that it's like Avril Harriman. You, you've kind of got the like, it's, yeah. it's a natural, right? The New York maybe, guys maybe a little different Valley, path, but. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. maybe a little bit, but you know, so you, you, you've got that going for you. Let's dig in a little bit on, on the work. Sure. Um, how's the reception been in Sun Valley and, and how's that interface gone with, local leaders and stakeholders and, and all the people who kind of make Sun Valley, um, both from the resort, but the greater Sun Valley area go. How's that going? Uh, surprisingly well, to be honest with you. And, you know, having done this type of integration a few times, I know that it's challenging and you come in as the new leader. People are naturally going to be skeptical. What's his agenda? What's he going to try to prove to everybody? Um, what's his ulterior motive? things like that. The locals can't help but feel that way. And I totally get that. And so, you know, my approach that I've certainly learned over time, it's probably a little bit of how I operate anyway, but is really to listen a lot more than I talk to try to understand what does make this place unique. Yes. It's a beautiful ski resort. Yes. I've lived in other beautiful ski resorts, but they're not the same. And 
it would be easy to make assumptions about what makes this place tick and and I won't do that. So I really tried to slow things down. I've had the benefit of having, again, my predecessor, Tim Silva, is still here and in an advisory capacity. So I've now had almost a full year of you know mentoring from Tim and the ability to just ask questions. Hey, how does this work? I just got faced with this issue. Have you ever dealt with this before? And so really taking a very uh, methodical approach and starting just by building relationships, you know, getting to know people, letting them get to know me, uh, build the foundation first before we go and do crazy stuff, which we're not going to do anyway. But it's um, it's an approach that's worked for me in the past. And and I feel like it's been very well received here. And honestly, the people could could not have been more welcoming to me, both the staff and the locals. Um, it's been universal of, hey, we're happy to have you here. We're excited to, to have you join the company and the community. And it feels genuine to me. And I really appreciate that. I think that's kind of a hallmark of maybe Idaho and some valley in, in particular. People are always a little skeptical. I mean, when the holdings came to town all those decades ago, people were pretty skeptical. But then also kind of gave them a chance to prove themselves right. And, and I think have checked generally been pretty happy with the results over the decades. Yeah. Um, you're, you're facing a lot, uh, coming in uh, a year into the pandemic, uh, which presented a lot of challenges, both challenges and opportunities, frankly, for, for tourism. One of the biggest things and something that we write about a lot here, uh, that impacts the Boise Valley, but impacts really the whole state is, is affordable housing. And as the largest employer there, and somebody who houses people both in a transient nature and longer term for employees, what role do you play and how are you trying to get your hands around that challenge and, and make it so that your employees have a place to have shelter each night? Yeah, it's a huge challenge. So I, I won't sugarcoat it. It's been a challenge for us as it has for every other employer around here. Single biggest challenge that we're facing without question. What I would say is, you know, this, we had a lot of foresight, maybe didn't realize how important it would be when we built a new employee housing complex and opened that up in 2018, which has given us the ability to house over 500 of our staff. And for us, that's almost 30, it's almost a third of our staff. Um, that's a number that, sure, we wish it were higher, but it's far better than almost any other ski resort that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. So, doesn't solve everything, but it's a good head start, you know, and, and we're like everybody else right now. We're out beating the bushes on, you know, seeing what's out there. Um, the development is always a slower process than, you know, you would want um, in terms of being able to bring some a concept to life. It's just it's a long timeline. We don't have that luxury right now of, of time. You can't so. build the resort in a year like they did no. back in the 30s, right? Like it's not going to work. Yeah. Right you know, so we're, we, we do everything we can to secure leases and, and find other options in town. And, and, you know, I think we made it through this winter. We know we have work to do and, and we'll continue to do that. And, and that'll include, you know, considering building additional buildings with time, certainly partnering with, with um, the community on bringing any, you know, community-wide projects to life, knowing that, you know, that'll benefit our staff as well. Not Maybe not all of them, but certainly some of them and, and takes a little heat off the, the issue. But 
Yeah, it's um, it's something we talk about pretty much every week in our senior team, and and is is something that we're we're very much um, engaged in. Do you see the dynamics in particularly the Magic Valley, where I think the resort has long sort of bust people in from, um, and maybe to some degree the Treasure Valley? Do you see those dynamics? Kind of is it is it a collective thing that just the pressure everywhere is making it harder for you as it is for everybody? Is that kind of dynamic you see? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this stretches, you know, well beyond Ketchum and Haley and Bellevue and, you know, it's that carryover effect goes all the way, you know, down towards twin falls, of course. And so we do see employees coming from farther distances to come work here. And so it's, you know, it's really for us, then it's about how do we differentiate ourselves as an employer? If you've got an opportunity, if it's just as easy to go drive to Twin Falls, you know, why would you come and work at Sun Valley? And so we have to stay focused on the things that make us unique, stay true to who we are, of course, but, you know, really be a great employer. And so we work a lot on, you know, the development of our, our team and, and supporting them and developing their skills. We have things like the place, which is um, our employee uh, cafeteria, which was rebuilt a couple of years ago. And, you know, it's, it's pretty awesome. That's where I get my food every day. Um, you're going to pay anywhere from three to $5, but usually closer to three for a full meal. And we serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner there. So people who work, you know, odd shifts are still able to get their food there. So it's, you know, it's thinking about creative solutions, you know, knowing that not everything is going to be solved with one arrow that you're going to need to employ a lot of different things. Um, you know, to really be seen as an employer that that people want to work for. I've sort of following the uh, SV People Operations Instagram account uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, don't work it there, but it's super interesting to see the kind of the culture building and the awards and the sort of teamwork that's going into trying to foster that as a as a good place to work. You know, we, you talk about having places for employees to live, but just finding employees has been hard. You face challenges with H one B. Uh, the visa program and some other things. Is that getting any better? Do you see that abating? Are you having better luck getting staffed? And it's a massive operation. How do you make sure all those jobs are filled and, and that you're able to operate? That was a big challenge for us when I came into this role last summer, because we had a very small number of visa employees. We'd had none the previous winter. Um, you know, our, a lot of our outlets were cut back. We weren't hosting a lot of people inside a year ago. Um, that was different this year. We were very largely back to normal. <laughs> I was operating. up there this winter. It was busy. Yeah. And so, you know, we knew we needed more people and, and we made a decision back in the fall to charge ahead on the J1 student visa program, which we've historically used here. And that paid off in a big way for us. And we couldn't, we would, we would struggle to fully staff the resort, even in the best circumstances with domestics. And so the, the visa programs really allow us to kind of get that little added extra bit of staff that make the difference between a good experience and a great experience for our customers. And so we we did very well with that. I, I can't say I don't worry that there's risk involved every time we submit those applications and go through that process that something could change. 
and we, you know, we do our best to, to staff with domestics, but um, we're fully, you know, dedicated to bringing internationals here as well. And we are also in the H2B program um, and we'll try to employ both of those for the coming summer and certainly for next winter. And, uh, you know, it's an investment that's very worthwhile for us. And it also, honestly, I think a lot of our guests have come to expect and enjoy the international flavor that they get, you know, when they see these, these young people from Argentina and Peru and, and places like that who are so enthusiastic to be here and to be working and to get that, you know, experience in America. Uh, it's, it has a lot of benefits that go just beyond the labor force. How are you reacting to inflationary pressures? I'm sure it's like every business is hitting you in a lot of ways, but with labor and, and expectations around wages have increased. And, uh, you know, down here in Boise, I, I drove by a McDonald's and they had a like now hiring sign and it had a, like a sticker on top of a sticker on top of a sticker, like five stickers layered on top of each other. And it was like $16, but you could tell that they like kept raising it. So if you're getting 16 bucks an hour at a McDonald's, which not long ago would have been crazy. I imagine that in a resort town where cost of living is high, there's wage pressure. Are you trying to respond to that and raise wages or what's, what are the tactics employed? Yeah. We're trying to not be too reactive. We're trying to be proactive as much as possible. Hard to do right now because in certain areas, in certain areas, I think there's a little more stability. Food and beverage would absolutely be an example of an area that is extremely volatile right now. And you're just seeing some crazy stuff. So, you know, we're again, trying to get ahead of it as much as possible. We did a couple things last year. We've, we made a pretty significant investment in wages uh, before the season. And we also did a kind of in-season bonus for our staff as well, which was just, we knew last summer we were busy and the people who were here were working extremely hard. And you can only say thank you so many times. Um, And that is appreciated, but felt like, you know what, we need to do something beyond just saying thanks for killing yourselves for us right now. And so we, we did that and you know, that, that was huge. So it's things like that. It's, you know, it's things like giveaways and, you know, little perks. And as you mentioned before, I mean, the recognition, it's, it's all part of it. You know, you can't isolate and say it's the one thing. It's all those things. You have to bring them all to bear again, to have people feel like I love working here and this is my spot. I mean, that's our goal. So Boise Dev, if I would have renamed, if I would have named it today, I wouldn't call it Boise Dev because it's not just Boise and it's not just development, but we started with development. And, and so, you know, it's, it's still a, a significant focus. And when you look at, you look at the development over Sun Valley, and as I was preparing for this, this interview, I was like, you got the the pavilion, you got the, the dollar, uh, the dollar lodge, the Carol's dollar lodge, you've got the complete rebuild of the lodge, the rebuild of the inn. Uh, you've got the, the cold sprayer, Cold, uh, sunrise sunrise expansion um the lodge that burnt down and got replaced like there's this whole list of things that have happened in the last 15 to 20 years and i went to the uh the future plans page on sunvalley.com i'm gonna guess this is on your list of things to work on or to have somebody work on and everything on there is already done yeah <laughs> so the future is it, it's like uh what's what's that really well-known movie back to the future that's kind of what it felt like um 
I'm sure you have ideas. I'm sure the holdings have ideas. There's master plans that float out there for all sorts of things. What can people look forward to? I know you're not, well, maybe, hopefully you'll break some news for me, but if not, at least tell me about what the process that you're going to go through to kind of decide on where, where to put capital going forward. Yeah. I, please break some, please break some news. <laughs> oh, oh man. I've, I was hoping I would, but I've, I'm not quite ready. I'm okay. Quite ready. We'll be watching. Yeah. I think, you know, obviously two years ago, the world changed and nobody was thinking about spending money on capital expenditures. <laughs> and when we're thinking maybe they wouldn't for a long time. And, you know, here we are a couple of years later and that um, thinking has shifted completely. So we certainly, we know we have opportunities. We have dusted off a lot of the old work and put a lot of new work into it. And, you know, we really kind of break it into a couple different areas. And, and if you're familiar with Sun Valley, you, you understand the layout, which is pretty unique. We've got Bald Mountain off on its own, you know, beautiful big ski resort. And then we've got the village of Sun Valley, which is a mile away. And we've got Dollar Mountain adjacent to that. So we really look at mountain improvements and village improvements. And there's a little bit of a, you know, where's the priority with that discussion that we need to have. So we're working on both of those things. I do think there's opportunity for us to, um, to make some improvements on the mountain. You cited, you know, one of the investments in that sunrise expansion was a big deal for us. Which is phenomenal. I skied one time this season and I got to do that and it was great. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And this is the first year that that's, we've had it for the entire season. Yeah. So, um, home run on that one. And I think, you know, I think it's things like that. We are always thinking about, you know, what's our guest experiencing when they're on our mountain, you know, are the lifts safe, reliable, comfortable, um, our lodges we're truly famous for and the food and beverage offerings that we have. Um, I think, you know, we are definitely of a, you know, the mindset of, we always want to push, we always want to get better. And so I think, you know, to answer your question, I think there will be things that, that we're going to be able to share soon. And it's really us organizing our thinking and making sure we've got the, you know, the kind of multi-year message to put into place, but I'm, I'm very optimistic. We will have some good news to share there. Um, Another one that I would point to is the healthy forests initiative, which is a partnership between sun Valley uh, company in this case, in this community, the community itself, um, United States forest service Bureau of land management and the national um, national forest foundation. And that is securing funds to, um, you know, to really work on the, the forest in and around, uh, especially Bald Mountain in, in our case. And so what we've done is, you know, each year over the past several years, we've identified a stand of, of trees that needs to be treated. And that's really taking out a bunch of the, the fuel out of there, the dead stuff. Um, that work is going to continue and it's probably going to increase in scope in the coming years. And the, the beauty of that is, you know, we've reduced the fire risk, um, we're enabling the existing healthy trees to flourish. But the benefit that I think a lot of people are realizing, especially this year, is the improvement in the uh, skiing experience. 
of now all that terrain is accessible that to ski and to snowboard that wasn't before. And for anybody who was here, you know, through December and January, it was absolutely unbelievable. And people were getting into parts of the mountain that they've never skied before, haven't been able to ski in 30 years. So that's an, that's another thing that we're highly focused on. And, and that work's going to continue in the coming years for the village. I think, you know, we have invested uh, both in the Sun Valley Lodge and the Sun Valley Inn complete remodels in the last five to six years. And that actually goes for almost all our food and beverage establishments in the village as well. And I think, you know, for us, yeah, we, we, we think there's opportunity to continue to enhance the, the product here in the village. Um, for us, it's about, you know, how do you maintain the character and the heritage and what makes Sun Valley so unique? There's nobody has a feel quite like the feel here. And so how do you modernize and update and not lose that? And that's, that's, is always a discussion for us, you know, to stay true to who we are, um, to not kind of go down the road of, of just generic, you know, mountain towns. Uh, we want to be different. And I think that's been a big part of our success over the years. And lastly, I would just say with, with our ownership, there's no pressure to do this tomorrow. It's like, let's do it right. And let's take our time and get to the right solution. And when we feel like it's right, we'll go ahead and do it. And when we decide to do it, we're, we are all in, but we're not going to rush to, you know, produce some short-term economic benefit. That's just not how we roll. I know that's a question that kind of above your pay grade, but the that people always have in their head, right? Like the passing of Earl Holding, it's now been a number of years. Um, and now the, the uh, I don't think it's done yet, but the the spinoff of Sinclair Oil, where the holdings will keep the resort division and, and the greater Sinclair Oil is getting spun off. People constantly question, boy, will, will this change? Will there be a buyout? You got Aspen in town with Limelight and you guys were in, in the, 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 uh, uh, epic pass this year it's, people just are constantly I think, worried which is interesting when you know the history right because people when the things came to town were like who's this guy we don't want him here and now they're like please don't leave <laughs> above your pay grade perhaps but do you i mean you probably hear that a lot and, and if somebody walks up to you on the street and asks you what, what do you tell them i tell them i asked the same question when i was interviewing for this job and and I asked Carol Holding specifically, and I can tell you the answer was emphatic. We are not selling the company. This is what we love to do. This is who we are. And that was the answer that I was looking for and a big reason why I, I came here. And I believe that. Um, and to, just to update you, that that transition with Sinclair happened a couple of weeks ago. So that, okay, great. that deal is now consummated. And, you know, from our point of view, we are chugging along, doing great and, you know, no, no change for us. And I think if anything, it allows, it allows the family and the leadership to focus more on, you know, this part of the business, Sun Valley, um, Grand America Hotels and Resorts, Snow Basin. I mean, this, this is our business now, 100%. I'm going to toggle back just a little bit back and forth here because uh, before we get too far away from development, I kind of wanted to just 
ask one more question there, which is there's some older master plans out there that look at things like a gondola that would link the village and dollar and, and all the on mountain hotels. Is that a starting place for future planning now? Or do you look at that and go, gosh, maybe we should start from the ground up or is it some combination of both? Yeah, I, I think you look at where you are in time and what makes sense. And, you know, I was made aware of those plans shortly after I got here. And honestly, we've talked about it. Does it make sense? And I think it's there might, there might come a day when a gondola connection makes sense. But it's quite possible there are other things that probably make more sense for us to tackle in the short term. You guys have great rapid transit there, a good bus system. Boise doesn't have a good as good a bus system as Ketchum, so. <laughs> yeah, we have mountain rides here, which is phenomenal. Free system throughout the valley. People can get around pretty easily here, and, and I think that's something that makes this place really attractive. So then the toggle back and forth piece is when I was um, at the resort uh, a couple of months ago, uh, I had noticed something that I'd never seen before, which is on the, on the TV system, um, an advertising for, uh, or an advertisement for Grand America um, that talked about Sun Valley and Stowe Basin and the Grand America Hotel and the Little America properties and the San Diego holdings. And I've never seen that before. I mean, is that, is there some strategy there in the future that these assets will be maybe branded and tied together a little bit more overtly than they had previously been? Maybe a bit. I, th- I think, you know, we we found through just research and looking into our database, we do have guests who are visiting multiple properties who may not even be aware that they're owned by the same company. So I think driving a little bit of awareness there is is not a bad thing. You know, we have a lot, I think there's a lot of pride in in the various properties that we have. And and I also think the story that provides the backdrop to all of them is a unique one. And, you know, this idea that we come from humble roots and that we're a family owned company and that we focus on service in a way that only a family can focus on service. You know, that that is true at all of our properties, you know, from Little America, Wyoming to Sun Valley to the Grand America Hotel in Salt Lake City. And that's that's important for us to remember that. And, and I think, you know, something we can leverage as we go forward. I'll ask you two more questions. One, one important and one not. The, the important one, I think, is, you know, Sun Valley started as this place where people took a long train ride in from New York or from, from Hollywood and stayed for weeks, like months. Um, and obviously that model doesn't work forever. <laughs> and has transitioned to a place where people really do come from all over the, the country and the world. I was on my, uh, I was on my, this is a funny story. I was on my honeymoon and we were um, in the Cook Islands, which is close to New Zealand, a long way away from home. And at the condo we stayed at, the, there was a rental car in the parking lot with a Sun Valley sticker. <laughs> I was like, this is wild. I mean, we're, we're on a little tiny island in the middle of the ocean. And, here, you know, so that people come from all over. Um, and while well, at the same time, Boise is a significant market. I believe it's your number one market. Am I right in that? Yeah, it's um, right up there. How do you balance that with growth down here in the Boise Valley? We're doing this remotely. I should have said that earlier. Um, and growth up there, how do you still attract people from all over the world from the Cook Islands, but also ensure that you're like getting the word out in Boise and letting people know, hey, 
this is as close as McCall, frankly, with traffic for some people these days. And it's a place to come to, to, to stay and enjoy a few day vacation. Yeah, I, I appreciate you bringing it up. And I think it, Boise is an incredibly important market for us, one that we've seen grow and one that we hope will continue to grow. I think, you know, we the message for sure is we're open for business from Boise and we're excited to welcome people to come here. I think, you know, a successful business uh, in the resort industry, you want to blend, right? You don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. You need people from close in, you need people from farther away. Um, it helps to smooth out the visitation over the course of the season, your longer stays, you know, keep you busier during the week and, you know, the closer in, uh, helps on the weekends. And our goal is, is we don't want to be overrun. We don't want to have the experience that, that other resorts, you know, have been having, but we have capacity as well. We can handle more people. It's, it's a pretty amazing experience here. And, and we're, you know, very happy to welcome folks from, from all over to come. And, and, you know, we're excited to, to see what we can do with Boise. Okay. Two final questions. I, I lied. There's actually three, but these last two are really short. Yeah. Have you watched Sun Valley serenade all the way through? Uh, I have not gotten all the way through it yet, but I've, I've have made an oath to myself that I need to before my first year anniversary comes up. I may not have seen it all. I've seen the whole movie, but I flip it on in the, in the resort and I see a 20 minute chunk. And so I've seen it all in like random order The the, uh, the newspaper in Salt Lake once did a story. This is actually like 20 years ago about how they speculated that might be the most played movie of all time because of the fact that it's about 90 minutes long and it runs in a loop forever on the cable system in Sun Valley. And this was like 20 years ago and they calculated the math and it was like, wow, that's a lot of times. And here we are 20 years later. Here we are. So you might have a world record there. <laughs> uh, and then my last question is what, what's your favorite run? Oh. and favorite golf hole. I guess I did ask both. <laughs> Let's see. Favorite run. I have loved getting to know this mountain this year. And I've probably, I'm almost 80 days on the mountain this winter. So I've definitely taken it seriously to get up and learn the mountain. Favorite run. It's hard to, for a day in, day out, consistent experience, it's hard to top warm springs. It's just, it's so reliable. The snow is so good. There are others that I enjoy under certain conditions, maybe more, but that I'd have to say that's probably my go-to right now. It does tend to be pretty consistent. Yeah. Pete Sontag with Sun Valley Resort. Great conversation. Uh, I really appreciate the time and I'd say welcome to Idaho, but you've been here a year. That's longer than a lot of people. Feels good. Yep. Feels like home. I remember